Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 16 of Charmed. Baby's First Demon. Or, uh, if you believe the uh, production name, I, I is that what you call it? We just watched the uh, commercial for this episode. Right, the trailer that aired back yeah. in the... Back in 2001. And they had it, uh, the production name they had for it was Little Angel. Interesting. I wonder if that's a thing they do to, like, hide this stuff from, you know, like when they're uh, workshopping movies or whatever and they have fake names for them. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, the the most famous one. Wait, is it the most famous one? Torchwood? What was Torchwood? I mean, I, I know it's a spinoff of Doctor Who. But... Ah, yes, but it's also uh, an anagram of Doctor Who. Oh. And uh, it's originally the name that was used to hide when they were redoing the series for the first time was Torchwood. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And then, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of clever. Yeah. Um, wow. Although, wait, or is the most famous one? Well, it can't be the most famous one because I don't remember the name of it. But remember that James Cameron pitched uh, investors that he was doing like an Ice Planet movie when he was doing Titanic. God. Yeah. This, though, I think they just changed their mind at the last minute. Okay, so I was curious as to how this ad would go because normally ads for Charmed are very... I don't want to say lowest common denominator, but... They're, they're B-plot forward. Yeah, they choose the silliest plot, and they're like, hey, look, here's a wacky thing that's going to happen. Also, cleavage? Mm-hmm. Now, this trailer does emphasize the cleavage. Yeah, yeah, we get a, we get a few shots of, of Rose McGowan in her demon... Final dress? Oh, my God. Her demon disguise. Cause, what? Because this is what demons dress like. It's not, though, even in this world. Yeah, like, she walks into the market, and she stands out like a beacon because she's wearing this, like, white wig and this electric blue dress, and everyone else is just wearing black t-shirts and black pants because that's the demon uniform. I wasn't just being mean when we were watching it and I said she's dressed like Julia Roberts in the first act of Pretty Woman. Like, she's literally wearing a bright blue dress and the cropped blonde wig like Julia Roberts is at the beginning of that movie. Hmm. I, That's not what demons wear! But, like, the, the, the commercial didn't really give you a good grasp on what the episode was is supposed to be about because usually they just tell you what one of the subplots is going to be i mean i gotta be honest with you i don't blame them it it feels fuzzy to me too what the plot was this episode a demon tries to steal wyatt yeah i guess i just it's not a that's not a very meaty plot to to build a trailer around no i well i mean not if you're playing it for comedy which they were they were like babies love blankets and their mommies and not getting grabbed by demons. Here's a shot of Rose McGowan in a weird electric blue rubber dress for some reason. They say babies love bright colors. Dear Lord. Why is that even old enough to distinguish colors at this point? That's true. That's why uh, you have those really freaky looking uh, bedrooms for kids. Yeah, right? The all black and white with red? We did not do that. No, we did not. Although she had those, like, books and the, um... Yeah, she had a couple of books that were, like, black and white pictures, but and the, and the cards. Remember we used to do the stuff with the cards? Yeah. The cards that came from Loverly, which is, like... A, They're for... not paying us for this, but 
no, no. I was gonna explain to our to our listeners who don't have children, who don't know about this company. Mm-hmm. They like do developmentally appropriate toys that like help your kids with various things, and they're they're set out by age. So it's like the first the first month you get toys that are like here are toys that improve that improve gross motor skills, and then you know the third month you get here are here are toys that help your children stack blocks because that's what they're gonna start wanting to do anyway. Every single, I said every month, they actually come every quarter, every three months. Mm. Every single quarter, we would get this lovely box because your mother was nice enough to subscribe us. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you. Yes. And, and, and we still, we, we still do. Yeah. Every single quarter, we would get this lovely box. We still get this lovely box. And I open it up and I go, our child is not going to want to, what is this even? And then immediately she responds exactly the way the experts who put together the box said in the instructions that she was going to respond. Again, this is not a pitch for Loverly. This is not an ad. I'm we just would tell saying, you if it was an I'm ad. I'm just saying they know what they're doing. That's they do, all. It's a really good service. And, you know, if you're having a kid, maybe it's a thing you should think about asking for from someone, you know. Yeah. Or paying for yourself. I, I guess I'm not in charge of how you spend your money. You can also buy the, you can also buy the toys like, uh directly or a la carte Mm, a la carte is what i was trying to think of yeah and like again not an ad but it's it's really cool and you can it it works like yeah we have so many wooden toys in our house though now we do we have we have so many and we have uh and thanks to the lockbox they sent our daughter now knows how to unlock most major locks which is both very cool and also not great it also means baby gates are useless to us now yeah yeah we have like one baby gate that still works and that's because it requires you to have a certain yeah she just lacks the strength for it she knows she understands the mechanism she just doesn't have the hand strength to open it so and that's a limited where we're running out of time on that (laughs) one too okay so we haven't even started talking about the episode yet but i am gonna say something about my new art project. Oh, yes. Please go on. So I, I purchased an American Girl sized doll. Um, not American Girl brand. It's a, I, I got an off brand. Mm. Uh, that looks like Phoebe. So that I can do a project where I make all of Phoebe's most ridiculous outfits for the doll. Yeah. I am. The first one will obviously be the Cinderella dress. I don't think there's any other Iconic. option. Yes. Iconic. I'm sorry. I don't think I. I don't think I said that correctly. Let me let me try that again. Hmm. The Cinderella dress. It it is it is her most iconic outfit. But I have to put scare quotes around both Cinderella and dress because it's neither of those things. <laughs> but I think the next one I make after I do the Cinderella one might be the outfit in this episode, which is just it's it's not what I think of when I think of Phoebe outfits. But I just couldn't stop staring at it. It's ridiculous. I mean, I, I think her second runner-up is that a uh, flamingo belly sweater, like the flami- the the white sweater with flamingo wing arms, but it's also a crop top. You know, there's no, there's no, uh, there, there's no absence of of out of control outfits for Phoebe. Hmm. And these aren't even ones she's wearing when she's like possessed or whatever. Although I have to say, watching this episode. I'm like, man, when I'm done with Phoebe, I'm going to have to get a Paige doll. Because they put her in some ridiculous stuff, too. I think the difference is, I, I just... You buy it on Paige more? I do. I do. 
and and not just like Paige is a former club kid, so it makes sense that she's got all these club kid dresses, which is part of it. That's mm. part of it. But also, I don't know. I just Rose McGowan pulls it off in a way that Alyssa Milano does not. So I'm going to say something possibly controversial. Ooh. But I really think that post Cole season five Charmed kind of hits a certain sweet spot. I think you've said this before. Yeah. I mean, I've talked about liking this era of Charmed a lot because this is when we're into the more ridiculous stuff. But the sisters aren't, I want to say, cartoonishly self-obsessed. By the last season, they're nigh unwatchable how self-obsessed they are. Which is also fun in its own way. I've been enjoying rewatching the last season, which I didn't give a chance at the time. But, you know. I mean, it's it's not good. No, it's not good, but it's interesting, which I will also take. Unlike the last season of, say, Sabrina the Teenage Witch... Which we watched to the bitter end for a reason I cannot remember. I think we just were invested at that point. Well, the thing is, by the end of Sabrina, she's Sabrina, the girl who works in a magazine and lives with her two friends. Like, she barely does magic at all in the last season. So I've mentioned, did I mention on the podcast, reading Nell Scovel's biography? I did, yes. And you talked about the movie you made me watch. I did. I just want to defend that she only stayed on for the first season of Sabrina. She created it, stayed for the first season, and then was out of there. She's basically the Constance M. Burge of Sabrina. Speaking of Constance M. Burge, that show she wrote that we're supposed to be talking about. Speaking of Constance M. Burge, Mm -hmm. and the way she created this show that's about women and sisterhood, and yet somehow I feel like like I'm betraying, I'm betraying, you know my 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 gender to say this in a show that's theoretically about women and is the first show with all female leads since charlie's angels Mm. but uh i feel like the two strongest eras of charmed are the cole era which we've just passed Mm. and the upcoming chris era i i am y'all i am so ready for Chris. I am also so for, ready for Chris. For me, the birth of Wyatt means one thing, and that means Chris is on his way. We're so close. We're so close. He comes in at the end of this season with his dumb future boy goggles and his inconsistent, inconsistent writing and the flattest acting you've ever seen. And my word, I cannot... His, in- I- his inconsistent origin, because... He, they absolutely did not have a plan for who Chris was at the beginning. You will never, ever convince me otherwise. Chris is fantastic. I love Chris. This is so weird because I hated Chris when I first started watching the show, you know, while it was airing. Uh-huh. And I thought Chris was very, very annoying. But rewatching the season, you know, rewatching the show later, I'm suddenly like... No, I'm super invested in Chris. I really like Chris. Is Chris Henry? Oh my god, Chris is Henry. Except I had all of my before stuff before we started recording this podcast. Because with Henry, we were very vocal haters for the first few seasons. And then we came around hard. Yeah, until the postscript season. Well, that doesn't count. Yeah. Much like the postscript season on this show is not going to count. Mm. So, speaking of the... No, Billy and Christy. <laughs> speaking of the birth of Wyatt, 
This episode opens with the thing where it's shot from the baby's POV. So many shows feel like they need to do this. I don't... Friends did it, but that was back when they were ripping off living singles endings. So I think it might have been a living single thing first. Not the looking up at the baby, but the the focal shot of an object and everyone talking around it over the end credits. It was definitely a living single thing first. I don't know if Friends was consciously ripping off living single. Other than everything else that they did. No, no, like those those endings are like note for note the exact same composition. Like there is no way they were not... And, and they well, drop it. They drop it after they start getting their own identity as a show. Well, fr- did, did Friends do it other than with the baby? No, it was a running thing in season one. Just like it was in Living Single. Oh, I guess I only remember it with the baby. Yeah, they do it with like an answering machine and with the flan. Remember the birthday flan? Oh, yeah. God damn it, Friends. Yeah. So everyone is uh, cooing over the baby especially phoebe especially phoebe wait is it too early to talk about the thing you brought up about phoebe you know what let's mention it here it's going to be a thing throughout the rest of the episode we might as well just tear the bandage off i don't think that this is intentional but phoebe's weird obsessive thing about the baby really feels like it could be connected to the whole losing her baby thing that happened earlier this season right yeah and it's been just completely forgotten. It's like, oh, it was never my baby. It was always the Sears baby. Never mind. I'm fine with it. But that never made... We never liked that. That didn't make sense to us. It's so much more distressing than the show wanted us to think it was. Now they've, like, pushed it down the memory hole. But this plot, Phoebe's weird behavior, her frankly unhinged behavior towards the baby makes so much more sense if she's dealing with loss, but it's not presented that way. It's presented almost comedically. No, it's definitely, it's presented as like, oh, ho, ho, it's funny that Phoebe's obsessed over a baby that's not hers, and er, there's just, there's a whole thing that's going on there, and I don't think it was intentional, but it works really well. That, that's mean though right it's mean to be like hey this really strong undercurrent couldn't possibly have been intended by the writers well if it was intended it would have been treated with some more gravitas than it is yeah i guess they wouldn't have been playing it as comedically yeah no this is this is this is death of the author territory right the author did not intend this the curtains were just blue but you know it works though like and it, uh, especially we can assume that it wasn't a charm thing because they didn't outright state it at any point. Yeah, right? We do like this show. <laughs> but, yeah, everyone's cooing over the baby. Uh, everyone is talking about how cute the baby is. Phoebe is talking about how she wants to eat the baby. And Phoebe is really connecting with the baby because they speak the same language. <laughs> Yeah, let me tell you, Phoebe's, like, baby talk is gonna get real bad, real bad. Yeah, we haven't quite hit its peak era yet. We've we've seen, we've seen glimpses. She did it all through the mermaid two-parter, but, like, it's gonna be a near-constant thing soon. So, have I mentioned how much Paige is my favorite sister of all the sisters? Yes, yes, you have. So, they're cooing over the baby. They haven't picked out a name for the baby yet because they were thinking it was gonna be a girl. And they're trying to come up with P names for the baby. Uh, Leo suggests, what about Peter? 
And I'm like, oh, Leo, you're just saying what you're seeing. And then Paige calls him on that. Yes, you said that while we were watching the episode. And then Paige's line came right after you said that. It was very, very well-timed. I feel very connected to Paige in this episode. Oh, well, until Paige... (coughs) (coughs) Until Paige, ever the trend hopper, decides to offer up Potter as a P boy's name. Like Harry Potter, because... Yes. Uh, yeah, we're... Okay. We, we don't acknowledge the the wizard child because of the rampant turfism of their creator, which is a shame, because I actually kind of think that's cute. Yeah. The, 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 mean, way they, the way they tied it in here. We're going to have a whole lot of talking around <sighs> things to do when magic school comes up. I was actually going to say that. I was going to say it's interesting, or it would be interesting that they seeded page's interest in that particular franchise considering that page is going to be the headmistress of the school when they rip it off next season but i guess we'll just leave it there let's just leave it there until they get bored with that plot and randomly drop it what is this the last season of once upon a time oh my god you can't change the antagonist of your season multiple times i mean you can but it's bad writing like there's just remember there's like three episodes where suddenly it's a it's a series of murder mysteries. Yes, and, I remember. And like suddenly there's a serial killer and he's killing all of the witches in the circle of eight, and then it turns out that it's Hansel. Well, that it's Jack, but Jack was secretly Hansel, and like actually, well, we're not here to relitigate Once Upon a Time. We're here to talk about a different twenty year old show. So, they have not come up with a name for the baby. They didn't think of any P names. I do like them fudging the whole, uh, because Piper's uh, daughter in the future that they went to was uh, named Melinda. But then they made, you know, such a big honking deal out of the whole P name thing that when they reveal that the baby would have been Prudence Melinda if it had been a girl. Which, I mean, it's a little dead guy junior, but. Yeah. Besides, we all know that Prue's soul is waiting for Chris. (laughs) Yes, yes. So, Paige lets us know that, again, favorite sister. She has set up alarms around the baby's nursery so that if there's any demonic activity, they will be alerted. Wards, kind of. Yeah. She didn't want to set up wards because she didn't want to interfere with their magic, she said. Which is actually a good answer. Okay, Charmed, you win. But it will go off, it'll be a little alarm system that goes off if any demons come near the baby. Meanwhile, Phoebe's got to go off to work and she doesn't want to because she doesn't want to leave the baby. Oh, I just, I totally relate to that. Oh my God. But, of course, it, it is my actual child. I'm, yes. I'm not, I'm not the aunt. Um, she asked, why don't they make maternity leave for aunts? God damn it. Piper, but you know what? Piper's not much better. Piper's like, you need to go to work. We need your money. Like She points out, she's like, the club is not doing that well anymore. Remember how I decided to stop caring about it because I need to focus on my baby? Yeah. Ugh. I mean, if you hire good people, I guess you don't really need to be that involved in the day-to-day stuff. Does she hire good people? No. But... It's just, it's it's a little, I mean, I guess it's nice that they're still acknowledging that money is an issue for the sisters. Yeah, yeah. 
I honestly, I, I, I don't even understand how money works in their universe. And it sucks that they can't use their magic to get money. This is my problem anytime, anytime there's a group of people who are expected to use their magic to better the world and aren't allowed to use it to, like, maintain a lifestyle. Mm. It's like, what is this, fucking capitalism? No, you're supposed to be witches. You should be above capitalism. So. They they shove Phoebe out the door so she has to go to work, especially because the company just got bought by someone and mm -hmm. she needs to meet her new boss. Also, Leo is a little worried, he reveals after she leaves, that she's behaving very, like, hand that rocks the cradle. Yeah. He's like, why is she talking about maternity leave? And why was she giving you breastfeeding advice earlier? And, which, oh my, see, seriously, if this had been played for drama, it would have worked really well. Yeah. But, again, they really, really don't want to acknowledge any of the Phoebe and Cole's baby stuff. Like, yeah, it's barely mentioned in passing as the show, which I understand. Like, I can imagine that this is the well, sort that's, of thing. It's too heavy for Charmed. Yeah. We talked, I think, at length about Control-Alt-Delete when we were talking about... Uh... Yeah, exactly. We, we don't want another loss in here. Yeah. Okay, so apparently Phoebe spent a long time researching breastfeeding, though, if she's giving Piper advice on breastfeeding. Well... You remember jason dean tells her later that all of her stuff has been baby based recently yeah you know what she didn't research apparently what safe sleep oh my god oh my god i this wasn't that long ago right no no anyway the baby alarm goes off so everybody runs upstairs and that baby is in a bassinet with so many blankets you, it is so unsafe you don't do that with newborns they can, they can suffocate. If it's the baby can't lift its neck yet, you can't have all of that fabric in the whatever. I, you know what? I guess we shouldn't be worried about this, though, because the whole point is demons have come into the nursery, but Wyatt, who isn't named yet, but ba Wyatt. baby to be named Wyatt, just blast them. So I guess I guess a blanket's not going to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, Wyatt's cute little uh, doohickey to keep him out of danger as a baby because obviously they're not going to have him just have the invulnerability thing Piper had. Mm -hmm. Because you don't want to see someone attempting to stab a baby. Even if they're going to fail, it will be distressing. Yeah, no, I like I like that they wanted to take the stress out of this particular situation. So Wyatt has a force field. It is functionally unbreakable. Whenever danger happens, Wyatt can just go into his force field. This is also what they did with baby Cable back when Ooh. he was a baby. In the X-Men. Yeah, in, in X-Factor, in early X-Factor, when they, post-Inferno, when they had rescued Scott Summers' son, the toddler who would later grow up to become Cable, uh, who was named Christopher, but then they changed it to Nathan because it was his We could talk about Cable forever, but when he was first... You could talk about Cable forever. I could talk about Cable forever. When he was, you know, a baby, and they wanted to justify... Scott and Jean bringing him along on missions, he had a telekinetic force bubble that he would form whenever danger happened. Like. Which is basically what Wyatt does. It's it's the same thing Wyatt does. And you know what? It's a good way to get around, you know, we have a baby with us while we're doing superhero and or witch stuff. 
Well, we go to credits, and when we come back, we learn that Leo is taking the baby up to stay with the elders. Yeah. Wyatt successfully protected himself with his force field, but uh, demons. There were demons. Uh, Piper blows one of them up. The other one, you know, zips off. Baby's first demon. Yeah. Anyway, Leo was going to take him up to White Lighter Land, but we come back from credits, and Leo's back with the baby. And he said the White Lighters didn't, the elders didn't want to take the baby. They want the charmed ones to prove themselves capable of protecting a baby. I think they just <laughs> didn't want the fucking baby. Yeah, I mean, come on. They, they didn't become quasi-omnipotent, quasi-god beings to take care of a baby. Right? Oh. Paige has found in the Book of Shadows the demon that they saw. It's a hawker demon. So basically a demon that like goes and finds magical things of importance and sells them on the on the demon market. And then we It's an eBay demon. Yeah. And then we cut to the demon market, which is pretty cool. Uh, okay, I'm I'm just saying there's a lot of great background extras in the demon market. And yeah. also someone's getting a demon tattoo, which is just amazing to me because it looks like it's just a normal tattoo. I really enjoy this look into the demonic world. It's neat. It feels a little coded as foreign, so you don't feel bad about what happens later E. Well, I mean, these are all demons. We've always been okay with all demons dying all the time. It's just, it's weird. It's weird that in this episode, there's this demon marketplace where, like, we see one person getting killed. Well, why would anybody get killed? It's a demon marketplace. No, but, like, it's weird. It's weird that they're just having them do fairly innocuous things in this demon marketplace. Okay, so it's funny because the thing you're calling weird is what I love about this, which is, uh, it's an outdoor market, but what we're looking at is basically a demon shopping mall. And I'm just really loving the idea that there are demon fashions. Like, the demon's getting a tattoo with a tattoo gun. This is not a mystical tattoo. This demon is just keeping up with the demon trends, which is apparently tribal tattoos. So, so I guess in 2001, the demon scene was not that different from the indie music scene. But You know what this tattoo's message is? It says, I got a tattoo out of a magazine. Like... That's why it's weird when later, like, Piper comes and blows up everyone. and well, they're none still of... demons. Yeah, but that's the thing. They're not doing demon shit. They're going shopping. They're getting tattoos. Like, these, are, these demons are minding their own business. They're not murdering anyone or anything. Like, I would get it if this place had, like, murder in it or, I don't know, slaves or something. Where you could feel good about the demons getting blown up. They're demons! It's... I, I mean... Far, far be it from me to not want to get into the weeds and the morality of this show. But I feel like we're in the clear of all of the things the sisters do. I feel pretty, pretty in the clear here that it's okay to blow up literal demons that have literally tried to steal your child. Like... Well, yeah, if they're just going after the guys who are trying to steal their kids, everyone else here is just shopping. Like, they're murdering an entire mall full of people because of something two security guards did. Okay, no, but they're... Or not even security guards. People, mall walkers. Okay. People have no authority in this establishment. Okay, but they're... 
they're mall death walkers. They're 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 mall necromancers, right? They're they're picking out their cute little hot topic outfits to wear for their demon shit. It's okay to kill these demons. So you could have thrown in some morally ambiguous stuff in the market, so it doesn't feel weird that they're just blowing up people who are shopping. Well, I mean, they're also selling powers. Presumably those were all taken from witches that were killed. We've seen how power brokers work. Okay, yes, fair. I'm just saying the optics of it are not great for the charmed ones. I think it's fine. Ooh, speaking of optics, we have another seer. Yes. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is, I'm going to say seer number three, right? There was the naked table lady, there was the actual seer, and now there's the crone. Yes. So this is the crone. She comes to the marketplace where the hawker is, and the hawker's talking to the two guys who were who had apparently contracted him to go get Wyatt. His One of his guys got killed, so he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And he is talking to them when the crone comes up, and the crone's like, hey, by the way, I'm a seer, and I see that... Kidnapping the Charmed One's baby will be a terrible idea. Do not do it. I really, I, I don't think you need to be a seer for that one. Well, I mean, she saw that that's what they were trying to do. I just, I love how she she cuts in line in front of these guys because they're arguing because he he brought them a, okay, we're, we're going to have to talk about this briefly because he brought them a Romani woman to eat for her magic. Oh, well, okay, so the, the, the demons are the demons are leech demons. They've been cursed by witches to not have any powers, but... Except for they can steal magical energy to eat. Except they can steal magical energy from other people, right? Um, so he brought them a different magical woman because they wanted, they wanted the baby so they could suck Wyatt's power out. But um, instead, he just brings them another random woman. Um, I... I really appreciated the way the crone just sailed up to that marketplace, was like, whatever these two jabronis want you to do, fucking don't do it, because it's going to be a bad idea, and it's going to cause the charm ones to come to the marketplace and fucking level it. And he's like, all right, you heard the crone. The leeches are like, you're just going to listen to her? And he's like, yup, yup. When magical old women show up, I listen to them. That's how I survived this long. Okay. See, the thing, the thing about this is, I really like the crone. What's not to like? I mean, she's not the seer. Let's be clear. But she has this whole, like, weird old school Macbeth-style witch thing going on that's just really interesting. And I wish she was in more than, like, two episodes. Well, I mean, we talked about Constance on Burge and the way that her sisterhood idea of a show got perverted into just eye candy. Mm-hmm. Having a crone character definitely harkens back to the original concept of Charmed. And I think that's why I love it so much. Yeah. So we're just going to enjoy the crone while she's here. Yes. Yes. For I think two more episodes. You are just going to, we're just going to enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. The crone ride. At the newspaper, Elise is like, okay, so everybody look smart. 
new guy bought the paper. His name is Jason Dean, and that is all I know. Hey, remember when Eric Prince bought the paper last season? Nope. Or, or earlier this nope, season? Nope, no one does. <laughs> yeah, new guy bought it. And remember the Aaron Prince thing? It's the exact same plot, which is why Max got confused and thought Jason Dean was the guy in the fairy tale episode. One of the reporters asks Elise if they're going to be layoffs, and she's like, I don't know anything more than you know. And the reporter's like, so you don't know if you're going to get fired either? And Elise shows incredible restraint in not smacking that woman. <laughs> so she's like, look, we all have to get to work so that we'll give the new boss a good impression of, you know, all of us. And maybe there won't be layoffs. And Phoebe's like, fuck that. Look at these pictures of my baby. Okay. Nephew. My baby. Nephew. You definitely know Phoebe is a witch because everybody like squeals and gathers around her instead of being like, okay, you have one. How stupid. Show me one photo of your baby and I'll go, oh, that's cute. And then we can all go on with our day. I, I, I did not return to the office after our baby was born. Uh Uh-huh. That's true. I would have been terrible about that. I try to restrain myself. I, I try to show people at max one photo. Hmm. Yes. You get one. You get one. That is the rule. That is the social contract we have all agreed to. But no, I I think everyone in her office is just terrified of Phoebe. Yeah, that makes sense. Because they all come flocking and they're all ooing and eyeing over Wyatt, who I will give them credit for is an actual baby. It is a cute baby. Yeah, well, the thing is, he, he looks like someone who was born, obviously not newborn, but was born recently. He still has that very delicate new babyness. It's not like when they pull a six or eight month old baby out of someone. Yeah, well, and Phoebe says that he's three weeks old, so three weeks have passed since the last episode in this episode. Yeah. A baby could be three weeks old. Yeah, yeah, which good, good for them, getting an actual baby baby. So Jason Dean comes up behind her and is like, oh, wow, this is not what I pictured a newspaper bullpen to be like. But of course... Everything I know about newspaper bullpens is from the Daily Planet. And she's like, oh yeah, Superman. And he's like, oh my god. A woman who knows her comics. You're familiar with literally the most famous comic book superhero in America? I How? But don't aren't you a woman? I'm so confused. There wasn't just a whole ass TV show that... Was specifically ha- aimed at women, right? Specifically aimed at women. We're talking about uh, Lois and Clark. Yes. Which... To be clear, women have always existed in fandoms, and nerd spaces have always included women. Mm. But also, Lois and Clark was, you know... The romance show du jour. I I also kind of like that My Adventures with Superman is basically a romance show. Oh my god. My Adventures with Superman is so good. It really is... That, that one scene, the uh, how did you know you were bulletproof oh, scene. Oh my god, yes, because, you know, Superman is still coming into his powers and they're being chased and the bullets are flying and he just jumps on Lois to protect her and she says, how do you know you were bulletproof? And he said, I didn't, I just knew you weren't. Ah! Seriously, they, they, it, it's such a romance show and it's so good. Oh, I mean, it really does answer the question, why would Lois Lane fall in love with Superman? Yeah. Also, pitch goddamn fucking perfect Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen is weirdly the one character that adaptations almost always whiff. 
Okay, I, I feel like you're throwing shade at my sexy, sexy James Olsen from the Supergirl TV show. <laughs> yes, I will agree. It's not comics accurate, but he's sexy. He's I mean, I know those, handsome, those are the two things that make it not. Those are the two contradictory things, right? Comic book accurate and super sexy. Like, but damn, he's sexy. You can't have a suave Jimmy Olsen. That's not how it works. Mm. Also, he did he cross-dress? Never. Was he ever... I mean, you don't know what happens off screen. <laughs> you have to let me say more Jimmy Olsen things. Go I can't ahead, just leave go ahead. Cross-dressing. Uh, did he marry see. a gorilla? Did he marry a gorilla? Did he become a gorilla? Did he become a giant? Did he become a giant with the mind of a baby? Did he become a porcupine boy? <laughs> porcupine boy. <laughs> did he become very, very fat? Did he become a beetle in the Middle Ages? I could go on for literally forever. He refers to himself as Superman's pal. Once. Once. Uh, and granted, we stopped watching Supergirl pretty uh, early on. We did it. In season two, like when season one ends and Kara and Jimmy are like, oh, let's be a couple. And then season two starts and they're like, actually, no. Yeah, fuck let's- that. Let's barely talk for the rest of this season. I only have I only have one real problem with um, my adventures with Superman, which isn't my adventures with Superman's fault, and that's just uh, Jack Quaid. You can't hear him as Superman. I can't hear him as Superman. He's he's a great he's a great Superman. He he does really well as Superman, but man, does he just you're reading Boimler. He just feels like Boimler from Lower Decks to me. That's the problem with doing too many iconic roles. Yeah. Yeah. God, he's been... Blo- that was also my problem with him in Scream. Oh, I, I thought he did well in Scream. No, I loved him in Scream, but I just... I just... I, I, you I, always hear Boimler. I always hear Boimler. Meg I, Ryan was just defending him. She, c- well, he's her son. Yeah, well, she, that's what she was defending him against. She, she's like, I don't like the term Nepo baby. You know, my son's so good at his job and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, his job that he got because he's related to you. No one's saying that Jack Quaid... No one's saying Jack Quaid isn't good at what he does. He's very good. We all love Boimler. He's He was great in Scream. He's great as Superman. Like, he's a good actor. But the fact of the matter is, his mom's Meg Ryan and his dad is some guy. His dad's name is Quaid. I know. I, I, I wasn't sure if you knew. I, I... No, I know. Okay. I was just being mean to Dennis Quaid. Okay, I wasn't, I wasn't sure if you were just being mean, like, on purpose, or if, if it was, like, one of those mean things where you actually didn't know who he was. No, no. I, I was pretending on purpose. You know, he was in that movie, A Dog's Purpose, where one dog's soul gets passed through a series of different dogs so it can look after this guy, and the only way that it can get into heaven is when his bloodline is ended, and it's like a weird religious dog movie. Here's the thing about nepotism. Okay. Jack Quaid is great at what he does, but lots of people are that talented. He got in the room because of who he is. Yeah. And like Jamie Lee Curtis talked about this in the article where she's like, yeah, I, I was a nepo baby. Like, obviously, we all know that this gives you an advantage. She talks about the fact that she got the role in uh, in Halloween because she's Janet Lee's daughter. Because she's Janet Lee's daughter. She's like, look, it was down to me and this other girl. She was good. I was good. I'm not going to say I was better than her. We were probably about the same. But my mom was Janet Lee, and 
Like, Who's not going to cast Janet Lee's daughter in Halloween? Who is not going to cast Janet Lee's daughter in Halloween? Okay, charmed. Okay, we have to we have to get into it. <laughs> oh my god, this is a whole tangent because he's like, I thought these moves would be like the Daily Planet. <laughs> we talked for so long about so much other stuff, and now that I've brought attention to it, I can't cut any of it. <laughs> All right, so this is the new boss. He's same as the old boss. Yeah, he's a by he, which I mean. Well, he's a handsome man. Who's in love with Phoebe for some reason. Yeah. I mean, not... I mean, She's Alyssa Milano, and as we're reminded ever so often, she's a brilliant and insightful advice columnist. Well, no, this is my point, right? Like, I get I get seeing Alyssa Milano and being in love with her. There was a whole generation of men who were. Mm. Um, but so in love with her that you're blind to how little she does her job? So, Elise goes to take him on a guided tour and phoebe swoons her way into literally her office. swoons so Paige is finishing a bunch of protection stuff and she's like you know what but the, the fact of the matter is none of this stuff is gonna work right because if it worked we would have it all the time mm-hmm. and i'm like is she talking to us she is they're, they're listening to us right this is a response to her whole thing where we never shut up about the fact that they don't have wards or being like look if wards worked we would have them Paige is always talking to us that's why she's my favorite that and the fact that she's wearing a weird nega pac-man belt huh yeah so she mentions uh hey why doesn't why don't we summon up some fairy guardians for the baby and they're like well he needs a name before we can do that. And I'm like, I feel like famously giving names to fairies is a bad idea. Yeah, to summon a fairy guard, you need to use the baby's name. Like, don't do that. That's how you end up with changelings. So they've decided that the most important thing is naming the baby, and then they'll deal with how to protect the baby once they've named it. So they've whipped out this old scroll of the family tree. Oh my god, it's like somebody printed out... It's like somebody like printed out... A scroll template onto butcher paper. It is the cheapest looking thing in the universe. This is the kind of stuff I used to use on class projects in middle school when I like wanted to do like a scroll effect for something. Yeah. So Paige is like, hey, I can't help but notice that I'm not on the family tree. Yeah, those old scroll things, the family tree, and they're like, ooh, we can't name him Winston or Hufbert. Well, yeah, they're just looking at names, you know, from the family tree, and all the names are old names. Um, yeah, Paige. I'm surprised there are dudes on there at all. Eh. But, yeah, Paige, you're not on the family tree, because you were born outside of wedlock. You are you are the shame of the family. That's why you're not on there. They had to hide it, because she's like, oh, I'm not on it. And Piper's like, we haven't updated it. Nobody's updated it in forever. Paige... Okay, Piper's like, well, the baby's not on there either. And it's, that's not helpful. That's not helpful, Piper. <laughs> oh, we came out on different sides of this. I, I get that this is an emotionally fragile thing for Paige. Paige still doesn't feel like part of the family. Paige has been around for two years. Someone should have updated that scroll. <laughs> if they loved her like a sister, they'd have updated that fucking scroll. That's all I'm saying. Okay, do you know where your family tree is? Okay, but we don't have an important one like this. But... This so, just just because we can't summon power from our ancestors, so we need to know all of their names. Right. Okay, but this is the Wiccan equivalent of like an old school family Bible. Because mm. 
I don't know if you Max know this, but that's like the old tradition is that you would keep the family tree in the front page of the family Bible. Yeah. And if we had a family Bible and I had a long lost sister show up, you bet your ass I would have updated that thing the next day. You know what? I feel like this would have worked better if the family tree was in the Book of Shadows. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Because it's something they use all the time, and then you could even do, like, a cool little magic tree effect or whatever in the book. That would also have an interesting thing about whether or not Paige was included, because we know that Grams controls the Book of Shadows. It's, it's It's later confirmed that... When the book opens and turns to the correct page, that's Graham's helping them out. It already was in season two. Okay. So we know that Graham's like manipulates that book and the fact that she's the one who kind of made Paige go into hiding, like that would be kind of an interesting thing. We don't really get enough Graham's Page stuff. We got a little bit of it in the fairy tale episode, but like it is a relationship that would be really interesting to explore. So naturally we never do. Anyway, Paige is like, you know what? I think the best thing to do is for me to just go to the demon marketplace and find this hawker demon and kill him. Like, go to the source instead of being reactive. And they're like, well, you can't do it by yourself. And I, Piper, am not ready to leave the baby and Phoebe's at work. So we'll just come up with something else. Yeah. I mean that's fair. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to leave the baby alone either if I was Piper. Yeah. Yeah. Although I also would probably trust Paige to take care of it. Uh I'm sorry, I said the belt was a mega Pac-Man. It's actually an apple with a bite taken out of it. It just looked like a mega Pac-Man to me. Because uh. it's it's like a big yellow belt with a red circle with like a little mouth taken out of it but that's it's an apple that's supposed to be a bite taken out of it i just wanted to clarify that i felt like it was important because we're going to talk a lot about Paige's clothes in a minute yes so piper's like look we know more demons are going to come to attack the baby we'll just set a trap we'll capture them we'll torture them we'll find out who we need to kill we'll say a cute little rhyming couplet end of episode i mean yeah that is how it goes. You know what we haven't had in a long time? Phone transition. A phone transition. Leo picks up the phone and it is Phoebe. And okay, this Phoebe. is Sorry. this is one of those weird conversations that Phoebe and Leo have sometimes where I feel like you can tell that Alyssa Milano and Brian Cross were having sex. Like, the rela- the conversation, like, there's nothing you can point at and be like, that is an inappropriate thing to say. But the way that they're talking to each other is the way two people who have had sex talk to each other. That's weird because I, I kind of wanted to just... This really feels like a... This might say something about the way I read it versus the way you read it. I felt like this was really a casual lean into the fact that leo and phoebe are actually friends which the show seems to forget a lot of the time but sometimes it remembers that like phoebe and leo actually like hanging out with each other yeah okay i mean just the way he's such a gossip on the phone with her when uh you know she's talking about uh you know meeting jason dean and and leo's like oh you have a thing for the new boss yes like he does this little funny voice thing and i don't know i i just i i like it it's it's a weird little I 
also don't think it's unintentional. I'm sorry to keep crediting the show with stuff that I'm like, oh, it's probably unintentional that these two characters are acting like friends, but... I mean, I, I, I read it as more sexual than you did. Like, more flirt. You know what? More flirtatious. Mm. I mean, it Which does... might not be fair of me. Men and women can be friends without it being flirtatious. That's true, but that does sound like the sort of teasing thing you say to someone you're in a non-committed relationship when they're talking about someone flirting with them at work. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the point is, Phoebe has a crush on uh, on Jason Dean just as much as he is clearly into her. So into her, in fact, that he's having a conversation with Elise about how she could be the next Dear Abby. Yeah. Okay, whatever. He's like, put Dear Abby in the ground. She is nothing. She is dirt compared to you, Phoebe Hallowell. And she's like, cool. Can I go home? And he's like, no. And she's like, wait, what? He's like, no, this is your job. Like, you... no, you can't go home. <laughs> You have been here for 15 minutes and all you've done is shown pictures of your nephew. Your nephew who you act bizarrely possessive over. He does say, he's like, you and Elise need to brainstorm what your next, like, big thing is to push Ask Phoebe to the next level. And also, by the way, I will pay you whatever you want to be paid. Like, you are the only thing that is not horribly horribly unpopular about this newspaper like you are the main reason people subscribe we are going to push you as hard as possible which doesn't seem great for all of the reporters who are like real actual reporters who are trying to work for a real newspaper but eh. Mm. so back at the manor baby napping and more baby alarms go off uh page gets like blown into the solarium well the, uh, the demons are taking Wyatt force field and all out the window. Smart of them. Yeah. Uh, Piper tackles Wyatt's force bubble out of the, I don't know, Air? tractor beams. Yeah. The energy leashes the demons have. Leo and Paige bum rush the demons and knock them into the circle of crystals, which Paige accidentally charged too much, so the demons just explode. Sure. Yeah, accidentally. I mean, it feels weird, but I I think it's better that they didn't torture them for information. Okay, okay, I just, I have to say it. I, I don't, I, I feel like I was touching on it earlier. Okay, go ahead. And it's definitely going to come in way, way, way at, you know, a lot at the end. Uh-huh. This feels like such a 9-11-y episode well, of television. Well, we're in, like... We're moving into the 24 era now, right? Where it's like, it's okay to torture if that's the way to find out where the nuclear weapon is, even though that's never actually been the case. Yeah, like, we saw this last episode. Or, yeah, last episode. The episode where Piper gave birth. They tortured someone for information. This is going to be a running thing throughout the rest of the show. I don't know. Like, but that and the whole thing where... We're going to destroy this entire place because we think the one person we're beefing with is here feels very U.S. military of the time E. Yeah, of the time. Well, I, I guess that time is perpetual now, but, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. 
it just it 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 all feels very weirdly specific to the time period even though there is nothing it's not i i don't think it's a conscious parallel i just think this is kind of the mindset of america at the time mm-hmm. not to go off on a weird political thing on this you know ridiculous witch show but no I, don't, I think you're right i think you're right that that's how how people are thinking you know Normally that just manifested with stuff like everyone inexplicably wearing American flag shirts and stuff for like six straight episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, in Friends, Joey was wearing the New York Firefighters t-shirt and stuff. You know, there there was a lot of... I mean, on Friends they explicitly said that that 9-11 was way too serious a thing to cover on Friends, but that they had to acknowledge it, so that's why they did the FTM. Like, they, they... uh, it was obvious that that's what was happening, but they, they confirmed that's what they were doing. Yeah, for so, like for a lot of TV shows, they just they felt the need to acknowledge it, but they couldn't really acknowledge it in text. Well, they did on this show too. Remember, we talked about all the American flags in the background of this show right after nine eleven. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, this sort of storytelling is also, you know, it's. It's all shaped by... Well, no, the, the conversation around 24 was very, very much, you know, was very loud. And, and it was very surrounding a lot of television and politics. So, yeah, I absolutely seeped into Charmed, which is, which is the blue Kmart sweater. <laughs> Of uh, to, to, uh, from that uh, from that speech from Devil Wears Prada, right? Yeah, yes, that's that's oh, what this is. You think you're above all this? You don't think you're a part of this? It's just funny that you think that you that you had any say in what you're wearing, when in fact everything you wear was chosen for you by the people in this room from this pile of stuff, right? It's funny. It's funny that you think you wrote your own women killing demons plot when in fact your ideology was chosen for you by the u.s government in the early 2000s jesus fucking christ anyway piper's all like hey we need healing over here and leo's like why the baby's fine and piper's like because my bone is literally sticking out of my leg and they show it oh my god this is I know, I feel like every season or so has one episode that unexpectedly goes incredibly gruesome for no reason. Like that Poltergeist episode where they threw acid on his grave and then we saw like his oh, skin Oh yeah, uh-huh. Or uh, that guy getting turned into a rat and then getting torn apart by other rats. Oh yeah, that was the... surprisingly, yeah, visceral. Yeah, and the, and the magician episode. So like... This feels like the season's one weirdly graphic thing because you just see the bone sticking out of Piper's leg. Yes. It is hard to look at. Now, there's a reason for this, which is Leah wants an excuse to point out to Piper that she's not invulnerable anymore. Now that she has given birth, she is no longer attached to Wyatt, so his little bubble of protection does not extend over her anymore. Which... Page points out, yeah, obviously, like, he's invulnerable, and when he was no longer physically inside of you, you stopped being invulnerable. Yeah, why would you keep being invulnerable? I do like Leo's line about uh, how he wishes the baby had left a little invulnerability behind for Piper. Yeah. Which is nice. Although, I, your, your baby does need all of the invulnerability he can get. No, here's a question. The baby is half white lighter. Hmm. 
and he's super, super powerful, we know. Mm-hmm. Even though Paige hasn't mastered healing yet, would the baby be able to heal his mom? Okay. Yes, because that happens later in the show. Yeah, but at this point. At this point? Probably, right? I mean, Wyatt is weirdly proficient with his powers, like, right off the bat. Which, I mean, I get it. He's an omnipotent god baby. We've been warned about this. Mm-hmm. Which, no one mentions binding his powers. Oh, let's... Yeah. I, I know they decided not to earlier on, or... I mean, it didn't really feel like the argument was resolved, but Piper said that they weren't going to, so obviously that's what they're going with. <laughs> well, if Piper says it... So, okay, I kind of love this. Paige is like, okay, so what we need to do is go to the demon market, just start killing demons until they tell us who's the one that's trying to steal the baby, and then we go get them to stop trying to steal the baby. And Piper's like, oh, that's a good idea, but I really don't want you to leave the house right now. I need your help. And Paige is like, okay, well, then I'm just going to go upstairs and look at the book shadows. Don't come after me. And then immediately just does what she was going to do anyway. Okay, so Paige's undercover demon outfit, it's a a choice. Look, blue, hot blue pleather is not the same thing as black leather, Paige. I'm sorry, you are not going to, you are not going to blend. It's, it's, this is, this is my cousin Vinny territory, right? Yeah. At least I'm wearing cowboy boots. Oh yeah, you blend. (laughs) I do, I do love her though. I love her so much. She, she goes to the, the meadow where she has learned from scrying the marketplaces. One of the demons blasts her and she's like, hey, I'm a dissatisfied demon. This is, of course, before the time of Karens, but she, she is, she is doing full Karen here. She is. The fun thing about this, this meadow is guarded by two demons. One of them looks like a pro wrestler, and the other one looks like he's from gay porn. Watch this episode and see if you can guess which one is which. <laughs> she claims that she bought an athame at the market, and that it was supposed to flame, like she was supposed to stab people, and they were supposed to burst into flame, and it didn't work, and she tried to steal the Charmed One's baby, and all she got was this lousy blanket. And the demon's like, what? <laughs> like... My job is to open the portal to the meadow. This is not my job. And she's like, maybe your job is exploding. No, but she stabs him. She stabs him. He dusts. And she goes, see, no flames. And the other demon opens the portal for it. It's like, okay, go on through. I love Paige. Uh, It is beyond me that demons get anything done ever. You mean because somebody has to die every time somebody goes into the portal? Yeah. Like, how is commerce supposed to happen? Like, how do you keep having guys to open the portal, right? Like, what are the pros to that job? That's a great question. Also, does one of you have to die every time someone needs to get into the market? I mean... I... I assume most demons don't show up in club gear. <laughs> you think if she had just been wearing the black on black thing, they would have been like, oh, welcome to the demon market. I do. I, I honestly do. I, I honestly think that this was a costuming issue. Yeah, because she walks in and she sticks out like a sore thumb. So oh. back in Earth, uh, <laughs> Phoebe gets called into the principal's office because she's been a naughty, naughty girl. <laughs> 
No, they're just trying to come up with ways to market Ask Phoebe. And she's like, ah, but I have important things to do. I have to go home. I'm an aunt now. (laughs) And Jason Dean is like, is is your sister a single mom? Or is there like... Did she die in childbirth? is Is there some reason that... Two parents can't care for a child, like, without your help specifically. And she's like, oh. She's like, I need to bond with the baby. He's like, your nephew, you mean. Your your nephew. The, the child you did not give birth to. The child that has two other parents that are alive and well and caring for him and aren't, you know, What's wild about this is that Jason doesn't even know that there is a third sister who's also (laughs) at home. Anyway, Phoebe's like, you know what? I write an amazing column every single week. So maybe just get off my back. And Jason's like, well, I mean, you used to write a great column every week. So shots fired. Okay. 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 Jason is going to be a fairly long running character in this show. Uh Uh-huh. Until a plane falls on him? As far as long-running love interests go. That's a preview of premonitions? Yes, a premonition of premonitions. But, like, let's be clear. He's the Riley of Phoebe's love interests. Explain. He is the middle boyfriend. Uh Uh-huh. The one who is human. Mm Mm-hmm. And good for her okay he is the normal guy he's her riley and like riley phoebe's eh about him yeah well she's really into him this episode oh yeah like how buffy was really into riley until until she wasn't until she wasn't so but like I know you're going to hate this, but that would make Cole the angel. Are you trying to tell me Coop is the spike? Yep, Coop's the spike. Nope, your metaphor is falling apart. It's fa- I mean, you may as well say, like, Jess is the Riley. Like, it's, it's not just time. Like, Dean, Dean is the angel. And, and Logan kind of is the spike. But Jess is not the <laughs> Riley. Who would the Riley be? I mean, we're defining the Riley as like the normal guy that everybody agrees she should. I guess, I guess Dean's the angel and the Dean is the angel and the Riley. And you know who Jess is? Who? Jess is the Jess. Jess is the Jess Mariano. Other boyfriends aspire to be Jess Mariano. He, he is not other boyfriends. Do you even know what show I'm talking about right now? Gilmore Girls. Okay, just checking. Come just checking. Just checking. I know enough to know that. That is exactly the amount I know about Gilmore Girls. I mean, I think, I think everyone would agree that Jess was the right boyfriend at the wrong time. God, I miss Jess. Anyway, <laughs> charmed charmed so yeah the point is the point is her column has been terrible because all she wants to talk about is babies and she's like well my column is being informed by the stuff in my life he's like you don't even have a baby in your life it's your sister's baby 
Like, it made sense when you got divorced, and then all of your columns were about divorce, which is something this show has mentioned before. This is just... Okay, so is it a weird Sex in the City thing where, like, the city of San Francisco has a parasocial relationship with Phoebe Hallwell? Well, I mean, I don't think it's... It's not unusual for advice columnists to have this kind of career at this time. I mean, if her career trajectory is the same as Dan Savage's, that is a thing that did, in fact, happen in real life. Like, she, in fact, could become famous and successful off of writing an advice column for a small alt weekly like that's that's what happened with dan savage Mm. she would have to put more work into it because he also edited other he he also became an editor edited other things wrote other stuff hey but remember she responds to literally every letter she gets apparently he wrote books he went on speaking tours like she has to do more than turn in her single column a week but it's not un you know unimaginable I think they tried giving her a talk show later, which I just, I, I don't, I, I'm sorry. I don't think you could have a talk show and fight demons. I don't think those two things would work schedule wise. I, I thought you were going to say something else. I thought you were going to say that the Ask Phoebe talk show wouldn't work. Cause again, at this time period, there were talk shows like that. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. That's the d- demon fighting talk shows. It's probably doesn't, probably doesn't mix. Anyway. Her secretary or assistant or, I don't know, some other reporter who has other shit to do than deal with Phoebe, but apparently they're not going to have even one class this year that's not all about Phoebe, (laughs) comes into the office and is like, Phoebe, your brother-in-law has been blowing up the phones. You need to go home. And Phoebe's like, told ya! Told ya! Only reason the newspaper's surviving, out. So she goes home. The demon alarm is going off over and over again. So she runs to pick up the baby, which makes the demon alarm stop going off. And Leo realizes that Wyatt is so smart that he has realized that whenever he activates the demon alarm, someone comes and picks him up. So he just keeps activating the demon alarm, which that's super cute. It's really cute. And it's the thing. It's the sort of thing babies learn how to do really quickly. Babies Mm -hmm. learn how to get your attention fast. So I I like it. It, it. It's a it's a cute kind of. It's a cute demonstration of Wyatt using superpowers like a baby would. Yeah, yeah. Which, don't get super attached to that. <laughs> so, Piper and Phoebe find the note from Paige saying she's got off to the market, and they're like, oh, god damn it!" And Phoebe's like, what? It's good. She's just at the market, right? You know what? Fuck the charmed ones. I just want to show about the demon market. This That's what I was awesome. saying. It's chock-a-block with, with uh, MVP extras. Yeah, which is why it's disappointing and sad when they blow it to shit later. There's a guy who has, like, a strongman potion, and he's actually, he's credited as, like, Nerdy Demon, and he takes the strongman potion, and then he turns into one of the stunt double guys. It's amazing. Yeah. It, it The whole thing has a kind of... There's a woman who's got a fireball that she's just, like, tossing in the air, like, like just casually tossing around. Yeah. The There's a woman with elf ears trying to sell an orb. Like, <sighs> Yeah. Like, this is really fun. And and it's neat to see this sort of facet of demon society. There are people just kind of hanging out. And there's an open-air market feel to it. It's a little, uh, it's a little farmer's market, but also town's fairy. Mm-hmm. 
like this feels like a community event which is kind of fun well uh, it's, it's basically a renaissance festival yeah yeah it's, it's basically a ren fair Paige has been le- being led around by a demon and she's like oh thank you he, he's brought her to where the hawker demons are and she's like thank you how can i ever repay you and he's like with sex could we have sex and Paige is like well we could or fireball and she orbs the lady's fireball into him and he's like oh what did i do like literally i was just your tour guide and i asked if we could have sex that doesn't seem like a crime worthy of death ah he's a demon here's the thing about demons though here's the thing about demons she orbs the she orbs the fireball out of the other woman's hand uses it to blow the guy up and that woman's reaction is hey like nobody cares Nobody cares that she just blew up the demon. And then the woman just generates another fireball. Eh, she should have just had sex with the demon. What, like the charmed ones never do that? Who is cute? Come on, go for it, Paige. It's not like you have any... She's got stuff to do right now. She's got to go kill the leech demons. Oh, I was going to say good love interests. All right. But yeah, she runs into the uh, room where the... She thinks she's going to she thinks she's going to find the hawker demon but instead leeches. Yep, the leech demons. They're they're draining they're draining the woman that we saw earlier, which means they now have enough power that they can blast Paige, which they do. So, now they're going to leech out Paige's power, which you'd think would last them a while, right? She's a charmed one. Yeah, presumably it will. Yeah. It it'll it'll be very bad. It's not as good as the baby, which I think we kind of skipped over it earlier. The reason they were trying to hire the hawker demons to steal the baby. The leeches need magical energy to live. The baby is an infinite source of magical energy. So they can basically live forever by just draining this baby that I guess they carry around with them. I don't know why it's infinite. Well, to show you how godlike and omnipotent why it is. Oh, okay, fair. Back at the Halloween Banner. They're like, hey... Phoebe, why did you come running the first time Leo called? Why did he have to, like, break through the secretary slash other reporter, whoever that woman was? And she's like, I was just trying to impress my new boss. And they were like, ooh, Phoebe likes her boss so much that she's doing the job they're paying her to do. She's like, no, stop it. I'm not. Shut up. I'm definitely not doing my job. Stop (laughs) it. Paige is being held by by demons and leo can't censor because leo is terrible at his job (laughs) like leo's like i don't sense that she's in danger but i also can't sense her at all maybe she's in another plane or maybe she's shrunk or maybe i don't feel like it this day if you are a white lighter and you can't sense when your charges are in a demon dimension you that's what are we doing what are we doing here shouldn't he have been dinged when she left this plane of reality right yeah he should have felt her like he should have felt her absence luckily phoebe has a premonition of her being like fed upon by the leech demons so they decide to do the thing they were already about to do which is go get her they were literally leaving to go to the demon market to get her like they were going there, and then they had to stop so Phoebe could have a premonition telling them to go there. I mean, to be fair, they have been fussing around all day, so the premonitions were probably like, can we get a fucking move on, please? 
So one of the uh, leech demons like is like, why don't we just drink her, right? Like, if we drink her, then we'll have her power, and that's a lot because she's a charmed one, and the other leech demons all. No, if if we keep her, her sisters will come to get her, and then we can steal the baby while they're not paying attention. It's honestly a pretty good plan. Yeah. I mean, especially since, as we've established, the elders are like, we're not going to babysit for you. So what are they going to do? They haven't given the baby a name, so they can't use a fairy babysitter. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I know they wouldn't, but why don't, uh, why doesn't Leo just orb Wyatt, like, somewhere that's not San Francisco? Well, the, the demons can shimmer. Yeah, but like if if Leo can orb there, the demons can shimmer there. It's not like distance is what's important. Okay, wait. So are, are they tracking Wyatt? Is there? I just assumed that they knew that Wyatt was in the Charmed One's house, and everyone knows where that is now. I have to assume that Wyatt has like a massive amount of energy, and anytime he does anything magical, he can be sensed. Oh uh, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Because I was like Leo, just what's the rule, Leo? What's the... What, what's the one rule? Always be orbing? Yes. A-B-O. Always be orbing. <laughs> you, you know A-B-O means something else, right? I, I, I am aware of the other thing A-B-O is, yes. Okay, that's all. For our purposes, A-B-O stands for always, always be orbing. Okay, for our purposes. So, Piper's not... Even though Phoebe had the fucking premonition, Piper's like, oh, I still don't feel ready to leave him. And Leo's like, oh, come on, babe. I'll be here. She's like, oh, great. Also, the baby's invincible. Yeah. I'll be here. Also, the baby's invincible. And Piper's like, okay, but if I come back and there's one hair harmed on his head, I'm going to eviscerate you. And Leo's like, haha, I know. Yep. So, I don't even understand how this works. Uh, Phoebe and Piper go to the same clearing and they and Piper blasts the the demon who's the one demon who's left keeping keep guarding it and okay, well, well they, they they have a, a an exchange that I feel like was should have really been the center point of the trailer it was in the trailer it was in the trailer but if the trailer had been more dramatic this would have been like the peak moment because he's like who are you and she's like i'm the mother and then she blows him up and that somehow opens the portal see that's where i was going with this blowing up the one last guard opens the portal then why have them and the crone's like okay i'm getting out of here yeah the crone is like i fucking told you what did I say would happen if you tried to take the stupid baby? So this is the part you were talking about where Phoebe and Piper are just like blowing. Well, I guess Piper. Where yeah. Piper is just blowing up the entire the entire marketplace. Yeah, she's just walking down the street, blowing the shit out of everything. And the leech demons are like, this is literally exactly our plan. I cannot believe this went so entirely <laughs> according to plan. The only thing that's bad about this is that... Uh, the entire underworld is going to want to kill us after this. And they have no powers. And they have no powers, but theoretically they wouldn't need to eat anymore because they'd have the baby. So they they shimmer to where the baby is. The alarm starts going off and Leo's like, oh, the baby's making the alarm go off again because he wants to be held. But nope, this time it's this time it's the leech demons. It's... Also, hold your baby, monster. He does. He does pick the baby up. 
But also, he is totally unprepared for the fact that leech demons are coming. Yes, the leech demons leech demon Leo, and they're trying to leech demon the baby, but he gets his force filled up, and they're like, oh my god, the energy, it's so delicious, they feel so powerful. And Leo's like, well, how powerful are you going to feel when I make you eat this lamp? I feel like hitting demons over the head with lamps has been relatively effective. Yeah, he goes all Francine Smith on the demon. Yep. Seriously. Hit it with a lamp! One of my favorite running gags in American Dead. We look out for it. Whenever Francine hits someone, it's with a lamp. I mean, like, whenever she needs to knock someone out, she hits them with a lamp. No matter where she is, it's always a lamp. So, at the demon market, the crone sees Wyatt's blanket and grabs a hold of it. She takes it for purposes unknown. Mm. Uh, Leo and the demons are fighting in the Hallowell Manor, and he kind of, like, throws himself over the baby... Which actually puts himself within the baby's protective orb, so, like, that is good, I guess. It protects him a bit. The sisters come back home, they blow up one of the leeches, but the other one gets away so that he can go to the crone and be like, Hey, did you know you were right? And that this was a terrible plan. (laughs) She's like, what is the point of being a precog if no one fucking listens to me? Very Cassandra. Very Cassandra. And we have a we have a little dark willow moment here where remember Warren uh, goes running to rack because he hears that uh, Buffy's not dead anymore and he's like, okay, I need to run the slayers coming after you and and Rack's like, yeah, the slayer's not who you have to worry about. Willow has gone like Willow is going to super extra dark magic murder you. Yep. This is basically the crones exchange with uh, with the surviving leech because the leech is like the charm you have to help me the charmed ones are after me and she's like look the charmed ones are scary and all but that kid is some next level shit dude she smartly waits until the sisters have gotten to the door and then she blows this guy up or she actually kind of turns him into sand and he disintegrates yeah she she's been kind of keeping him on the hook the whole thing and he and he's like look, I can't protect myself. I don't have powers like you. And she's like, oh, I do have powers. And I enjoy using them. <laughs> like, she has set this scene perfectly for when Phoebe and Piper show up. And when they show up, she's like, hey, guess what? I can see the future, and I am not fixing to go to war with you two, and I'm definitely not planning to go to war with your baby. So here is the baby blanket. Think of it like a white flag. I'm just going to go away, and we are not going to have any problems, Okay. Phoebe's like, how could you possibly know that? And the crone's like, well, because I'm, because I have premonitions, because I see the future. And Phoebe's like, wait, you, you, you see the future, and that helps you make good decisions. Interesting. Tell yeah. me more about this. Tell, tell me more about how this power is actually powerful and helpful. No, I'm just kidding. That part doesn't happen. Yeah, the seer, uh, the seer says that she, sorry, not the seer. Uh, conflating here because the underworld defaults to older precognitive women whenever things are awry which as it should Uh but the crone is like look i'm psychic and i psychically contacted everyone in the underworld and we all decided en masse not to attack your baby there's going to be a law that we demons have to follow about not attacking your baby because you have proved to us that you're just going to murder the shit out of everyone who is even 
in the vague area of someone who has threatened your child, and that's not worth it. So, yeah, we're leaving you alone. Bye. Yep. So, back to Hallowell Manor so that we can have a naming ceremony. They have decided to name the baby with a middle name after Paige, which is nice. So, you recall Paige's last name is Matthews. So, the baby's middle name is going to be Matthew. Hmm. And the baby's first name is going to be Wyatt's. Is going to be Wyatt after Leo because Leo's last name is Wyatt. We totally skipped over it earlier, but when they were talking about uh, when they were talking about names earlier, uh, Phoebe's like, "So is it going to be Baby Hollowell or Baby Wyatt?" And Leo's like, "Oh no, it's going it's going to be Hollowell." Of you course. Know, good magic respects it. Bad magic fears it. It's a name with power. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's Chekhov's name gun because it comes back here at the end. Yep. So now the baby is Wyatt Matthew Hallowell. Yeah. So all last names, the baby. Sure. Why not? It's better yeah. than all first names. Not a first name. Speaking kind. of, Phoebe goes to talk to Jason Dean. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? You were right about everything, except you weren't because you're dumb and I'm awesome. Suck it, loser. And he's like, oh. That is the best apology I've ever heard. She's like, I'm right that there was an emergency at home and they definitely needed me, but I am wrong in like a broader sense where I'm (laughs) acting like it's my baby and that they need me all the time because they don't need me all the time. They didn't need me today, but they don't need me all the time. There is a melancholy undercurrent to this that is not played up at all where Phoebe admits that she was treating it like her baby she says we've always been sisters we've always shared everything i felt like it was going to be my baby too but of course it's not and then she does this like almost manic thing where she says but that's great right i get the best of both worlds i just spoil the baby and then i get to be the fun aunt yeah i i have the baby in my life but i don't have the responsibilities of a mother which when you look at it through the lens of her losing the baby with coal this whole scene reads differently. Yeah. And it really doesn't feel like that's what they were going for. No. But yeah, she's going to be less baby focused in the column and he needs to bend over and kiss her feet. 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 Yes. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, okay. We can do that. I'm your super hot boss. And even though that seems like it would put me in a position of authority over you, that's clearly not how this relationship is going for me. <laughs> it's never how that relationship goes for her, so... For him. No, for, I meant with her, with authority figures. Oh, God, yeah. So... So she leaves and he watches her go. And, yeah, I wonder if these two will Someone date. call HR, my God! <laughs> Seriously, this is the second one of her bosses in a row she's dated. I meant the way that he's watching her ass when she walks out the door. Well, I mean, we skipped over it in the scene where he was talking about how she won't shut up about goddamn babies. He was like, you're you're sexy, or at least you used to be. And it's like, that's your employee. I know. Like, I know she writes the saucy advice column or whatever, but Still like... Still inappropriate. Yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah. But that's this episode of Charmed. Oh. I'm I'm excited for the next episode. Oh, you are? You are? Can I do the thing? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it won't be offensive to anyone. Jesus. Yeah. Okay, the next episode of Charmed is... Hang on. Hang on. Hang on to this. You ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. You can't be ready. 
There's no way to be ready for this. I mean, I know you are because you know what's coming, but there's no way to be ready for this. The next episode of Charmed is called Lucky Charmed. And the description from Peacock is the Charmed Ones team up with a leprechaun when they go after a leprechaun killing demon. Okay. 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 I feel like we mention them a lot, even though we say we're not going to mention them. But I think one of the things, one of the main things that Alison Pregler's Charmed Reviews on YouTube, which you should watch because they're very good. One of the main things they brought to light was the weird running gag that the sisters are racist against leprechauns. They are, though! And the thing is, the thing is, that's correct, and that was in the show, but I feel like you need to credit Alison Pregler with it, because I never thought about how fucking weird it is that there's a running gag that the sisters are racist against leprechauns. Um, I definitely thought about it when they... I don't know why I'm worried about spoilers. We talk about spoilers all the time. When they fake their death, and then Paige gets all upset that the only people at her funeral are leprechauns. Yeah. What the fuck? And, and... And she's all like, "Boohoo! No, nobody's crying at my uh, no, at my urn." And Phoebe's like, "You got lots of leprechauns," and she's like, "I mean, real people." Who says th- these people have died for you? Spoilers for next episode. But like, what a fucked up thing to say about someone. <laughs> yeah, it really is. All right, let's do our segments. Yes, much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is premonition who in this episode is was or will become famous we are spoiled for choice we are we have we have a couple that i i might like use in a pinch in a in a, in a slow week mm. but we also have two massive ones we have grace zabrinsky who is probably best known as laura palmer's mother on twin peaks mm. she is also the crown so perfect you can tell she's one of those good actors and uh, Jason Dean is played by a young man named, a, a young man just getting his start, hasn't really done anything yet, named Eric Dane, who I'm sure the majority of people listening to this already know as McSteamy, Dr. Mark Sloan on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, I thought you were going to make a joke about uh, him being one of the 10,000 people in, uh, I think it was New Year's Eve. Yeah, I'm sure it was that too. I, I actually I was thinking about making a joke about him being in the movie Burlesque because I love that movie and feel like it's completely underrated. But hey, he, he was gay in whichever one of those movies it was. He kissed Bradley Cooper and it was a moment that changed America forever. He's multiple man in X-Men. Oh, God. They had him for like one scene, didn't they? Yeah, but they had him like 10 times because he was multiple man. God. I'm sorry. Yes, uh, Eric Dane is is the other big name. You would probably know him as McSteamy, or from other television and movie roles. Yeah, like Multiple Man. <laughs> he is not. Or or one of the guys in Valentine's Day. Possibly Valentine. Oh oh, it was Valentine's Day. That makes more sense than New Year's Eve. Yeah, it's Valentine's Day. Yeah. All of those movies were kind of the same, though. I haven't seen any of them. I can't speak to it. Uh, well. 
they're kind of in the genre of Hallmark Christmas movies, if not, you know, actually. Don't they all, like, want to be Love Actually? Oh, yeah, they all want to be Love Actually. But they're all just, like, the Christmas house? Well, they're, they're nowhere in the ballpark of the Christmas. Oh, we, we need to finish this. Time freeze. What specifically dated this episode? I'm going to say the whole weird war on terror feel of it. But we talked about it a lot. This feels very, very era specific. Just the whole tone. Yes. Yeah. Um. Also, Leo not being able to get through to Phoebe. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a weird artifact of the time, right? Like, he had to actually call her work. Repeatedly because they wouldn't put him through. He could have just texted her. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, now he could have just texted her. Yeah. She has a big clunky cell phone, but those cell phones didn't... She probably didn't have texts on that cell phone at the time. Uh, no, I was just thinking about how weird it is that calls can't go both ways between white lighters and witches. Okay, no more derailing. Yes, yes. Uh, the last power in our pack, telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? I mean, your theory about Phoebe moved me, even though there's no evidence of it in the episode, about her feeling the effects of losing her and Cole's baby. Yeah, I'm also going to go with the thing that I probably made up. I mean, you didn't make it up. It's... It, it's, you it's, could support it with it's the It's in the text, it's, yeah. It is in the text. It's just probably not put there by the author, but that's why that's why we have that's why we have a readerly reading of texts instead of an authorly reading of texts. Mm. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I was a literature major. <laughs> I think that's it for this week. Uh, I actually have one of our secret powers. <gasps> what? Okay, what's your secret power? Okay, it's levitation. Ooh. Okay, I actually think I thought of one too for levitation, but it's probably the same one. What's yours? Okay, it's hokey. It is so hokey. It is so dumb. But Piper's, I'm the mother. Ah, and levitation, of course, is... Oh, right. It's the power... What in this episode made you go, fuck yeah, and rise into the air? Because why would why would a shitty power have a good description? But, like, a fuck yeah moment from the episode. Okay, so for me, it was Paige getting, getting into the market. When she stabs the guy, and then she's like, see? No fire. Oh. oh, I love her so much. Yep, I guess ours are parallel. Because as kind of disturbing as Piper destroying this entire market is, like, I just really love that you can feel the raw power of this character. Mm. Like, I like it when they let heavies be heavies, and Piper is so the heavy of the charmed ones now. See, but Piper is the heavy with, like, raw force. Yeah. Paige is the... Honestly, at this point, I think Paige is the smartest, and so seeing her come in heavily smart there, just, you know, and, and not just smart, but clever, made me happy, made me levitate. Okay, see, the thing that I think is funny about this is that we're positioning these as opposing things. The Pi brains and the brawn. Yeah, Piper's brute force versus Paige's cleverness, but the thing is, Piper's brute force works so much better. <laughs> Like, Paige is very clever. She infiltrates the market, but then she gets captured. Piper just walks in and kills everyone and gets everything she wants. You are not wrong, but we will not hear any Paige slander in this household. Uh, all right. Yes, I think that'll about do it. 
Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode or an episode of any television show, you can email us at ilovetelevisionzines at gmail.com or you can tweet at us at ilovetvzines. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Howell Manor. <laughs>